Welcome to Loading the Bar with physical training experts Parker McBride and Matt Wasco. Our Fit Lifestyle podcast covers the science of nutrition and fitness, together with the challenges we all face to be disciplined. We'll guide you through the minefields of fads and gimmicks and all manner of BS that tempt us in today's fitness world. Ready to begin? Then let's start loading the bar. Welcome back, everybody, to the Loading the Bar podcast. Parker McBride here, joined, as always, by Matt Wasco. We are coming to you guys, as always, from beautiful Lee Summit, Missouri. How's it going today, Matt? It's good. Got my workout in today. Um, we're doing a strength challenge at the gym, so you'll be excited. I'm hitting the legs hard. Ooh, hitting legs. I hit some legs this morning. Yeah. I've been saving them for Saturdays because when I have the most time. So, um, you know, I got that knee injury like a little over a year ago. Yeah. Yeah. And so been kind of moving into legs slowly and now, um, so starting to do deadlifts and that's something you never saw me do when you were there except for trap bar, but straight bar. Mm. So I've been doing straight go. bar deadlift, um, doing a lot more back squat and knees feeling okay. So this is going to be the year of getting my legs closer. Well, I want my legs stronger in my chest. Let's put it that way. I have always told you, you have to at least deadlift <laughs> what you can bench. And I don't think you've been there for, for a yeah. little while. So. Yeah. So, um, but I mean, I, I did do I, the trap bar. I did 405, uh, which is not straight bar, but, and then I want to get the uh, straight bar to in the 400s and i think i can do that this year yeah yeah so that's, i mean that's doable yeah and i mean i did um um i think i did a 315 and i just did it once but it was wasn't that hard straight bar so um anyway i'm just slowly working that in and uh every week so i'm gonna be hitting legs and deadlift and back squat pretty hard here in the next six weeks. And it just kind of worked into this strength challenge that we're doing here at the gym. Are you um, still focused on your bench? Oh, yeah. Oh, just yeah. kind of both and. I, I really think that uh, getting my legs stronger is going to help my bench. Um, yes. Because uh, up about when I hit about 350, 355 is where my butt's starting to come up. Mm. And I think that's because of, of – leg issues yeah and um so i'm that's and i notice it when i get my jm to like 220 230 but starting to come up mm. and so i think that has a lot to do with legs not being as strong as they need to be so um been really focusing on getting my legs stronger to uh, help hold me on that bench and i think yeah. when my when i can hold myself down that's when the bench is going to go up a little bit more. So continually working on little, little bit pieces of the, of the puzzle, so to say. Yeah. Well, I'll be really interested to, to hear your findings after some hard leg training, see if it yeah. helps your bench. Cause yeah. you hadn't been doing hard leg training for a while. Mm -mm. No, but definitely doing well, hard good. leg training now. Good. So we have a, a bit of a new segment to uh, bring to you guys today. So, we're going to start this, um, adding this into our episodes. We're going to call it the, the fit focus segment, and we're going to kind of try to touch on some, um, news or just headlines or things that we've seen throughout the week, uh, that relate to the fitness industry and, and just kind of dissect them a little bit, talk a little bit about them. And, uh, Matt had sent me a really good one this week, I thought. So headline out of actually two headlines, but one headline out of the New York post reports that just 12% of Americans mostly men are eating half of our beef supply. I, I found that both, uh, revealing and surprising at the same time. Yeah. I, I'm, you know, I think that that is indicative of a concert, concerted effort to demonize meat over the last, uh, several decades and, you know, um, and pushing, you know, a vegan diet. Uh, so the attack of, uh, on red meat and it being bad for you and, um, that you can get all your nutrients outside of meat, I think is 
that's that's a sign of that. And um, I don't know what your take is on it, but it I just find that that's those are you know from a layman's view that's what I think is an indicative of here. I would say that's very true, and and what this headline suggests to me is that you know that small percentage of Americans that are eating half the beef. So there's a very small percentage of people that are eating a lot of beef. Yes. And then most everyone else is eating a very small amount. Right. And that's just interesting. There's not, not a lot of in between doesn't, doesn't sound like based on that headline. Right. Um, and cause if you believe what we're told about how much beef you should eat, you should either eat none or you should eat very, very little. Um, they treat it almost like smoking cigarettes or something. It's like, Oh, you, you shouldn't ever, eat it if you do just very little but then you have uh, a certain percentage of people like us who just say you know we're just gonna eat, eat as <laughs> you, much eat, as we want or, right. or, or even as much as we can so yeah and i think that um you it, and if you know a lot of um uh, of our female uh compadres in the gym get stuck in the mindset of you know i gotta have this well-balanced uh, you know, vegetables, fruits, meats, you know, fish, breads, you know, um, very well balanced. And there's some, um, you know, if you did do that, there's some, uh, you're not in danger, so to say, but, you know, there is a, comp- a competing view out there that if you ate red meat and dairy all the time, you'd be healthy. Right. And then, but there's a, um, a mindset that, Oh, you can't do that. Yeah. Well-balanced diet, eat, eat lots and lots of different kinds of foods. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I would agree with you. You could still be pretty healthy with that diet, but I think, I think both have been proven. And, and the, the, the counter headline to this headline that I read is another article that reports that 88% of Americans are metabolically unhealthy. Yeah. And it's interesting. You have 12% of the population eating a bunch of red meat and then you have 88% that are unhealthy. I wonder if that's the other, the other 88%. Yeah. Yeah. Know? Um, kind of a suggestive, uh, combination. Of well, it, 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 one of the things I've noticed is that when a lot of the people that, uh, don't eat red meat eat for convenience, you know, they're not, um, they're, Hey, I'm, I'm, I don't have enough time. I don't take the time to prepare. I don't do meal prepping. So I'm going to run to McDonald's. I'm going to run to, you know, um, um, some fast food or get pizza, uh, because I don't want to take the time to meal prep. I don't want to take the, I don't want to invest in, um, what it takes for my body to remain healthy. Now I'm not saying, you know, getting a pizza for dinner one night is a bad thing. I'm just saying all the time, fast food, eating processed packaged food, you're not thinking about taking that time to think about the uh, toxins that are in the preservatives that are basically essentially like, like toxins to the body, you know, trying to strip those things out of what you put in your body, you know, giving real thought to what you put in your body is what's missing. Well, there really is no way to eat red meat without a preparation process. Correct. You know, you can do, um, like beef jerky. So beef jerky, that's red meat, but there's tons of preservatives and things that have to go into that in order to cure it, in order for it to be able to sit at room temperature and Mm -hmm. the shelf life to extend that long. Right. But if you want to eat a steak, you have to go through the process of cooking that steak, ground beef, burger, you know, whatever the red meat is. And that takes time to cook that. If you think about the things people can pick up and just eat instantly, it's all the prepackaged processed stuff, you you know, instant gratification. You can open up the cupboard, grab the bag, open it and eat the stuff immediately. Right. Red meat, there's always a a time delay on that. And and I do think that plays a little bit of a role for people. They're not willing to to put that time into preparing their food. Well, it's like anything. Time is an investment. And that investment, the word investment implies what? I'm investing in something to get something back, right? Mm. So if I'm investing time into something, that means I care about the outcome. So to invest 
to get what? A healthier body, to feed the body correctly. So I have healthier bones, healthier muscles. I can feed my gym workout time. Um, if I want to grow my muscle mass, I invest in these components, these things that are healthy so that I can feed my body to do those things. And that's a lot of times we, as I've said before, we live in the FedEx culture so that we don't want to take that time all the time. And yeah. that includes our diet. And we have to understand that if you invest in something, you're wanting to get something out of it. So take that time if you want it to invest and eating correctly to meal prep. Yeah, <clears throat> absolutely. Um, I think that's a really good segue into our topic today. Mm -hmm. So what we're going to be covering today is the obstacles. And I kind of put excuses along with that because some of them are more legitimate obstacles. Some of them are more just excuses. But the obstacles and excuses and, and how we can overcome those things in order for um, you guys to reach your your goals in fitness and health because everybody wants to be healthy everybody wants to be fit and the reason they don't get there is because of some obstacle or some excuse and mm -hmm. uh, we're going to tackle a lot of those common obstacles and, and discuss them and how mm -hmm. we can uh, how we can overcome them and still be healthy because everybody faces obstacles everybody has the chance to make excuses it's just are you going to overcome them or are you going to let them become excuses and let that be the reason why you're not healthy? Right. That's what it really boils down to. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, and I, and I think, um, there's been a mindset change. It's just in the last 15, 20 years of that it's affected all of us to a certain extent, even us that try to stay, remain disciplined, you know, having a good raising, uh, to overcome obstacles by a good set of parents helps combat a culture that just wants you to feel good, right? And do what's easy and do what you want to do. And I think because of that, when we have that quote unquote dragon pop up in our life that throws our workout schedule off, our diet off, or, um, and sometimes, and a lot of times the dragon's there because of choice. We make choices that cause that obstacle. Yeah. And, and I think that's what we're going to, uh, a theme of what we're going to touch on today is that these obstacles that may seem insurmountable or they may seem like they're no choice, they actually are very much a choice. Yes. Everything's a choice. Right. Um, <clears throat> and that leads me into one of the first biggest obstacles, probably the most common that I hear is I don't have enough time to work out. I don't have enough time to eat healthy. Right. What would you, what, what is your typical uh, guidance to somebody who, who comes in with that excuse as to why they can't do it? I think it depends one, how well I do. I know them. Right. Cause a lot of times the problem is going to take a lifestyle change. Right. Um, in fact, almost all the time. And if I don't, if I'm just starting to work with someone, I have to approach that in a way that's, I'm not, you know, cause you're, if, if I, if someone's coming in the door, one, they're there to make a change. Right. But a lot of people come in and don't realize it doesn't start just showing up at the gym. It starts with a complete different way of how we sleep, what we eat. And sometimes the people we hang out with, right? Because we do have bad influences in our life. And we have to think about those kind of things when, um, if, if I'm trying to eat healthy and you have people that just sway you the wrong way, time in and time out, and you don't have the ability to say no, you have to think about mitigating those type of situations. And, you know, that could be hanging out with them less, finding new groups to hang out with, uh, or just working on your willpower in general. But, you know, constantly putting yourself in a uh, situation of temptation is not ideal, right? So if you are in a, you know, that's probably the first level is if I have someone who says, hey, I'm going out all the time and I, they always have that great cake or that, you know, that that beautiful 
big pasta that I want to eat and it's loaded with, you know, calories and it always blows my carbs out of the water, whatever. You know, if you're eating out all the time, then you can start with a new person and say, well, we need to mitigate those situations. You know, find options to invest in meal prepping and don't go out as much. You know, it depends on every single person. Um, if they're if they've been around a while and you've developed a pretty strong bond with them, you'd be a little more bold. So they, you know, at that point, you're, they realize that your advice is coming from a place of care. Well, everybody has the same 24 hours in the day. Right. That's always kind of what I've thought. So you're right. You can spend it going out, you know, partying, hanging out with friends, whatever it is that takes up your time. One of the biggest culprits nowadays is the internet and social media mm. and phone usage. Mm -hmm. So I would love to do an experiment with somebody where they said, oh, I don't have enough time to work out or do my meal prep or something and say, okay, let's add up how much time you've spent on social media today mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. see if that's enough time to get a good workout in or get some, some meal prepping done or, or cook your, your food correctly. Because I would estimate if you, if you did an audit – you sat down and, and you had a report of what somebody did the entire day. You could find that hour to work out. There's 24 hours. Yeah. Eat, I mean, if you're getting a good night's sleep, you're sleeping for eight of them. Right. You know, some people work more than others, but a t traditional eight-hour workday still leaves eight more hours. There's an app on your phone that tells you exactly how long you've been on every single app. Okay. That's, yeah, like the settings. Yeah, the I settings the of your, and I don't know about the Android, but I'm sure it's there. But you can go on your phone at any one point, and it'll tell you exactly how long you've been on every app. Mm -hmm. Okay? So if you're on Instagram for four hours a day, you'll need to be on there four hours a day. Right? No. If you have a business, and you're monitoring or posting or stuff like that, even with that, you know, maybe an hour or two a day. Right. Um, now, I'm not a social media expert, so if there's a social media expert telling me I'm wrong, please call in or, <laughs> or email us and tell us that's not correct. But what I'm saying, I think the point is, is that we spend a lot of time on social media, and a lot of our members do. And, and I've fallen victim to it as well. I'm not going to act like I'm higher and mighty than anybody else, but I still get meal prepping it, right? So that's because I, I give it the level of priority that it's necessary for me to achieve my goals. You know, I'm 57 years old and doing some things that 50, most 57-year-olds don't do. And it's not because I'm a special person. That's because I, I, I've given myself priorities to attain these goals. Everything stays in the right order. That's correct. I think that, that's absolutely the key to the, the time issue is where are your priorities? What comes first? Because you absolutely have the time for it. It's just what is in the right order. Um, I remember growing up hearing, like, my dad say that. So he would say, you know, oh, I don't have enough time for this or for that. And it was always for something that was – that I come to find out later on. I'm like, yeah, that thing was – kind of stupid or kind of pointless but he always did have time for the important things and so it's because i always thought well yeah you know everyone has time for this like why can't you do this silly thing or whatever mm -hmm. but but then you know he would always make sure the the important things and the the um things he the, the high priority things got done and so yeah you, there are plenty of things that you're not going to have time for there are lots of things that I would like to do that I don't have time for because we all do only have the 24 hours in the day. But the things that I put the high priority on, those things get done. And those things are the important things. And so tell yourself if what you get done every day is your social media or you're, you know, lounging around watching TV, whatever it is, but you don't get done the working out, the meal prepping, eating healthy time with your family, time with God, whatever it is, then you need a reorganization of your priorities. Yes, and a constant manage management of them, mm -hmm. right? Um, I find that I constantly have to continually work on keeping those priorities straight, okay? 
And then that comes to the next level. Why, why should anything be a priority? And I'm going to make the contention that a priority is something that gives you benefits your, your soul, it benefits uh, your family, it benefits your job, it benefits your health. Okay, that would that should be reason to give something priority, right? Um, enjoyment, relaxation, um, you know, time with self, just kind of being a, a, a lazy bum sitting on the couch, watch, looking at your phone for hours at a time. What is that benefiting you? Yes, we need downtime. I'm not displaying that. We need to relax. Like when I come home from work, the first thing I do is I sit on the couch and say, give me about 10 minutes. Just need to sit a minute, you know, and that's necessary, right? It's kind of like, day's done, right? Uh, when we decompress and I'll spend a little time talking to my daughter, we might watch one um, show of her choice, you know, or, or that we both like. And then, you know, so that's like 30 minutes and then I'm up doing my next thing, um, you know, I try to use that family time. Well, I think the important thing to do is ask yourself before you embark on any activity or, or any way you're going to spend your time is what is the purpose of this and how is this going to help reach my goal? Because you talked about mm. when you get home, sitting down for 10 minutes and just relaxing. I would say that that is that has a very specific purpose and is um, going to help you reach your goal. Yes. Right. You, we need that as humans. We need that decompressing time, that processing time. We need to, we can't go, go, go all the time. Correct. So, but somebody who sits down and that turns into three hours in the middle of their day when they should have been productive doing other things, that's when it becomes a problem. Yeah. So you have to kind of ask yourself, before you you go into that activity what is it for what's it going to look like and um i think if you if you ask yourself that beforehand you're going to avoid lots of falling into lots of those things because nobody sits there and says you know what i'm i'm going to go spend 2 hours on social media right now <laughs> and just scroll <laughs> pointlessly right. but you know that has happened to all of us oh, where yeah. we sit there and we think man i've i've been doing this for an hour and i just wasted an hour because you didn't sit there and ask yourself beforehand, why, why am I doing this? What is the purpose behind this activity? Yes. So I think one of the things that opened my eyes, and it was actually the settings app of the iPhone. I remember when I discovered that there, and I went and looked at it and went, oh, my gosh. That's like, <laughs> I've been on Instagram three hours today. And or when you get the screen time report. At, a screen on, time report. At the end of the week. I mean, I will say the screen time's a little deceiving because I do spend a lot of time with emails, right? Or I pay my bills on my phone. Um, I check my bank account on my phone, I, you know, you know, all that, all the communication I do. So, I mean, that's, that's a little deceiving. I kind of go break down what am I spending time in, right? Mm -hmm. Cause I do a lot of business on my phone. Um, but I remember looking at the apps right? and that man, you know, I was like, I need to apologize for God spending so much damn time on this app and not spending it with my family who's sitting right there, you know, and it's easy to fall into, yeah. you know, but, and that's why it is good to have, to, to understand the hierarchy of what's important because then, um, it helps you prioritize correctly and, and, and achieve the goals that you want to achieve, you know, um, I mean, Family, you know, financial, um, health, God, those things are all paramount. And, they, and everything you do in life should revolve around that. Um, you know, that being said, and I refer to it as the dragon, we all have dragons that pop up in our life. And nine times, well, I don't want to say that nine times out of ten. Many times it's our own undoing. We made choices that that's the reason the dragon popped up or they, a lot of times they are out of our, our control. You know, I'll think of one reason that, well, <laughs> I guess you could always say it in some way it's in our control, but, 
um, and I won't get too far into that, but one of the dragons that popped up was the pandemic. You know, that was an obstacle for millions and if not billions of people in the world that changed their lives and it changed my life. And I ended up embracing it and changing my whole career, you know, but, um, it was because, and the reason I got through that is because, you know, as difficult as that was on my family, because I just, I just had started a business. I mean, literally just got it profitable. I spent a year and a half, almost two years in the, in the red, trying to get that business profitable. And I had, uh, two months that I was going to have in the black for the first time. And we just landed a really big client. The governor shuts down the state. I lost every ounce of that billable, uh, that was going to come in in the next two months, every one of them. And it was devastating because, you know, I went months without, without pay. Well, a little bit here and there, but a lot of billable time that was not paid, right? But what got me through that was my sense of responsibility to my family, my faith, um, and trying to follow, you know, where God wanted me to be and which sitting here now, right? So um, God has the ability to take, you know, suffering because he's trying to talk to you and get you to another place if you're adhering to what is important right? Even through the difficult times to overcome them because they're going to come. They're always going to come. And, you know, it's adhering to those principles that gets us through it, keeping those. That's how we overcome those obstacles is that we invest in the things that are important. One of my coaches back in high school had a saying that I've held on to. And the saying is control the controllables. And, um, I, I think he was a football coach, but the theory behind it was in a football game, there's all sorts of different things that happen. The referees call things that you don't think should be called. You know, other players do things that you didn't want them to do. The other team does something in a way that, you know, you can't control. But what can you control? You can control yourself, your performance, and the decisions you make and the moves you make. And I think... What you just talked about, there's a great example of that. There are things that happen sometimes that are just uncontrollable. But there are always things in every situation that we do have control over. And those are the things that we need to think about and focus on controlling to the best of our abilities. Right. Right. God's uh, put us here and put us in these situations. We can't control that. But he does tell us in his book how that we should live and how we should react to these things and decisions, how we should make decisions. And it's our responsibility to do that regardless of the circumstances that are put in front of us. Yeah. And I think it, it really boils down to that when, when you were telling that story. Yeah. You know, I think there's a deeper part of this that we could go into it and create a whole other park, a podcast. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, it's, it's one of the things I was referring to when I said really – all man's suffering is because of past decisions. I mean, you know, um, everything from Christ on the cross to, you know, because of Adam and Eve making that first decision. So someone else had to come along and pay for, pay, pay for those crimes and he had to suffer for us, right? To the pandemic, you know, a lot of, for decades, we've been kind of asleep at the will, allowing certain people in power that made those decisions because we voted and made decisions that put those people in power, you know? So now children who were being raised now didn't have to vote those people in. So that's where it's like, ultimately, yes, you can only control yourself, right? And make the right decisions. But a lot of people before us have made decisions that are going to bring dragons up in our lives. That is true. That is very true. Yeah. Um, so I would say, with the time one, we kind of got into some deep stuff there, but sorry about you, that guys. <laughs> no, it's, it, this, this is great stuff. Yeah. Um, listen to it guys. Um, so with time, generally speaking, it's usually just an excuse. 
mm-hmm. right? It is an obstacle to overcome, but I, I, th- I think, you know, in, in summary there, um, it's all about priorities. Right. So now I want to segue to another one that I think is not, it's probably the, if it's an excuse, it's the best excuse. And that is injuries. Mm. Injuries are a huge obstacle for people. People that we've worked with, whether Mm. they're bringing in a past injury into the gym when they come in for the first time, or whether they obtain an injury while they're in the gym, it can be a huge obstacle in preventing them from reaching their goals or staying on track. How, uh, how do you think, how would you uh, help people working through their, their injuries? Well, um, man, so, I mean, it's a big part of this industry, right? Because like I said, um, we're human beings. It only takes one bad rep. It only, you know, we get older, joints wear out, ligaments, tendons wear out. Um, you don't know their past history and their past injuries that make them more acceptable to being injured again. So we see a lot of it. And I think the, the, it's each person is unique and each, um, the therapies are not, um, they can be unique, but you know, the, usually the best approach that I find with someone who's injured in the gym is that, listen, there are ways to remedy the situation and continue working out. You know, we change the hand grip, we change the modality, um, we avoid certain lifts, you know, for a period of time. Um, if it is an actual tear or an, a, a something that's going to take more than this um, stretching and therapy on the joint or on the ligament, on the knee, whatever it might be, um, that in itself is a process of elimination. Um, we knew a young lady that we both trained um, at the gym and it took them a year and a half to diagnose that knee and what was going on. And finally, they did an MRI after months and months of, of therapy. And so they can't be lunged, but she still came in. She made it a priority. And so she had trainers that understood what she can and cannot do. And so that she, and she, not only did she continue to come in, but she reached her weight goals, you know, because I, I remember I talked to her quite a bit about what she should and should not eat. And um, she continued to eat correctly and coming in and working out a little bit of lower body because she had a knee problem, but mostly upper, reached all her goals. She could not be happier with a very, um, I don't want to call it a significant knee injury, but uh, it's pretty, it was pretty debilitating. I do think there's a level of severity mm-hmm. here. There's a scale. Sure. If you <clears throat> got hit by a truck and broke every bone <laughs> in your body and you're laying in the hospital, yeah. there there is no way for you to be, be working out, be right. moving, be right. in the gym, uh, meal prepping, things like that. And then there's, oh, you know, I, I stubbed my toe. Right. right. You know, and there's everything in between. And, and we do have to assess that on that scale because there is a level of, Hey, what's best for you right now, maybe isn't working out. Take somebody with a significant knee injury. We probably shouldn't be trying to do lots of squats with them or, or leg exercises that cause a a really high range of motion with that knee. Mm -hmm. Um, however, if it's just an, an ache or pain or, you know, one some of the more common things like tendonitis, those things can be worked through typically. It's, it's a pain issue, not an injury issue. Right. So that is something that always is going to have to be assessed. You can assess it personally. It's also good to get other opinions on it too, because sometimes you're just being a wuss. Right. Right. Sometimes I'm thinking, man, this thing really hurts. I don't want to, so I don't want to work out. But if somebody else looks at it and says, well, you know, it, it's just hurting. It's nothing structurally wrong. Then you know, I just got to get I tougher. Always, I always try to help them identify the words they're using. Sometimes they'll be like, you know, like if you say something hurts, 
I'm going to know it really hurts. If someone else says something hurts, sometimes it's just, wow, my muscles are burning. Knowing the person. Yes. And so a lot of times I say, well, is it acute? You mean like sharp? You know, if it's sharp, then we'll change that modality. We'll, we'll do something different, uh, especially if you're doing the right form. Um, so, I mean, it's sometimes you kind of have to talk to him a little bit, you know, some people know the difference, like this is a good sore, right? You know, like they come in the next day and say, man, I was sore. And I'm like, oh, that's great. You know, and, and then another person will come in and have the exact same symptoms. Man, I was hurt. Oh, well, that's a different term. Well, talk to me a little about it. You find out where well, they're just sore. So um, it's kind of knowing the person. And it, it, I'm telling you, man, figuring out problems is always a process of elimination. Um, and, you know, trying different movements, different modalities, um, changing their form, you know, into a safer setup. I and mean, we just had someone in the gym during the strength training that, you know, just looked really uncomfortable going down on squat. So, um, uh, put some lifts underneath their feet, fixed it, went down comfortably, was able to go past parallel, um, and they felt more comfortable, you know, until they get those, a more well-balanced, um, lower structure on their legs. Yeah. I think one of the things you brought up in terms of trying different modalities is extremely important. Finding the things that you can do that don't cause pain. Right. And that's, that's process of elimination, trial and error. I remember you telling me about a guy that you worked with up in Liberty who had significant pain when he was trying to bench press and he yes. actually could not bench press because right. of that. And I think after some trial and error, you talked to me about it mm -hmm. and, and you ended up figuring out a way that he could still simulate a, a bench pressing movement and, and get that work in his chest but not have the pain in his shoulder. It was, it was, um, well, it was actually, it was his wrist or wrist, his wrist. Yeah. So he couldn't do push exercises and special in straight bar, you know? Um, and so, you know, we found out that I can't remember what side of the wrist it's on now, but, um, uh, it was one side of the wrist. He couldn't put a lot of pressure on Well, the using that W bar, he can put a little more pressure on one side and still, you know, get the, get the bench press in and was benching a good amount of weight with a, with a W bar. And it was like, wow. I mean, that was the first, I mean, I'd been working with him like a, a year and that little bit, of, that's why it's great to work with other trainers because <laughs> you learn that's always remain humble, everybody. Um, hundred percent. So, you know, remain humble because that's the only way you learn. But the point is, is like, after a year of training this guy, he suddenly could now do bench press, you know, with the same injury. He has a rather fairly significant wrist injury. And, um, you know, he chooses because of personal beliefs that he's not going to a doctor. And you get all kinds of different people, you know, and you have to work with that. Yeah. Right. He's not going to yeah. go to a doctor because of his beliefs. So um, he has um, had a perpetually very seriously injured wrist for a long time, but he's stronger. He has more muscle mass. He has bigger shoulders, bigger biceps, bigger triceps, bigger back, bigger legs, because he did not allow it to be an excuse. He, we found the modalities to keep him moving. Well, I've found with a lot of people, muscle mass can mask a lot of uh, injuries and issues. Mm -hmm. The more muscle that you build up, the more you can work around a certain issue. Because I would say... Typically men more so than women, but as you get older, injury is inevitable. You're going to have injuries. You're going to have things that just start bothering you and don't really go away and again, they get worse and worse. And you're going to find yourself by the time you're in your forties, fifties, sixties, that you just have some nagging things that you have to deal with. And a lot of people do let that become an excuse and then they quit moving, exercising, working out, and they don't do it anymore. And then they lose muscle mass. They degrade in their physical condition and they get to the point where they can do very little physically by the time they're in there, by the time they're 70. Right. And they whittle away and they eventually die. Right. 
And it's all because they let the aches and pains become an excuse. And that's one of the things that I don't want to see for people. I want to help older people find ways to work through those pains because I get it. If something really hurts and it is really painful for you, you know, and you're not able to fix it or you don't want to fix it or what, what, there's a extensive process involved of fixing it, you don't want to be forced to be in pain. So if someone's coming into the gym and you tell them you have to do this exercise and you have to do it in this way and then they get pain and they say, this hurts, you figure out why it hurts, you figure out where it hurts, it's because of an injury and you tell them, no, you have to do it anyway. They're going to leave. They don't want to be in pain every day. Right. So that's why the key is figuring out, okay, how can we still get the benefit of building this muscle in this area without the pain? Yeah. And then they're going to keep doing it and they're going to have the muscle. They're going to continue to be able to move and they're going to hopefully be able to stay active a lot longer into their life. Well, I think that's why it's real important to work, um, with the best, right? So, and, and train with the best, work with the best, you know, always try to work with someone that is, in my opinion, a level above you and because you will continually learn, right? And, um, and what that does for you, it allows you to be a better trainer and see those kind of things because you're, I mean, I, I, you know, I've trained with you, I've trained with Ryan, I'm training with some good trainers now. Um, and you, and I always remain humble because I'm able to see they've had experiences. I need to pull upon those experiences and, um, you know, that allows you to see a person's, uh, soreness, injury, whatever going on and correctly move forward. So they continue, um, um, exercising. Well, you never want to be the smartest person in the room. Right. I've always heard that. I always believe that. Um, it's kind of like the, the guy who I heard a story one time, this guy was into working out and he went to this gym in some really small town and he was the strongest guy in the gym. And I can't remember exactly what the numbers were, but it was something like, say he benched 300 Mm -hmm. and he thought, and, and everybody in that little small gym, this was back before internet and stuff. But everybody in that little small gym would all go to him for advice because he was the strongest one in that gym. But little did they know at the same time, there are people, you know, probably far across the country, people in other gyms, other areas who are a lot stronger and know a lot more than that guy. So that guy moves, ends up in a much more populated area, going to a gym where all of a sudden he's nowhere near the strongest guy in the gym anymore. So he's asking other people what to do. And so it's all relative, right? right? And it's all about who you're putting yourself around to what you figure out. And yeah, if you're getting your advice from somebody who's maybe one step above you, but only one step above you instead of five or six steps above you, then maybe you're not getting the best information. That's the good thing about having the access we have today to the internet. We can communicate with anybody Mm -hmm. in theory Mm -hmm. around the whole world if they have internet access and so we can get advice and we can talk to and we can listen to the best of the best about any topic in order to get that information we no longer have to rely on just the the smart the strongest guy in our local gym right Right. like they used to right yeah i think that you know and, and this all boils back to um why it's important to be around people that know more than you that can lift more than you that have more knowledge than you important is the reason that you want to surround yourself like that is what does it help you overcome obstacles so it's all contingent on making sure that you continually learn because every obstacle that you are facing somebody else has already faced it and somebody else has already overcame it that's right. Guarantee it. And if you can find one of those people that's already overcame it, not only is that going to give you some hope because they can say, hey, I've already done it. I've already made it through. But they can give you advice, too, and you can learn about the best way to overcome it. And that's why trainers are really cool because all the trainers have had injuries. 
Uh, if all, and, and a lot of the, the, the trainers I know all can do some fairly significant things. And they can do some things that you're like, wow, that's impressive. And because they can do those things, you don't get there without some roadblocks, some obstacles. It took obstacles to get to where they get past to do what they're doing. So use your trainers because they have a lot of experience in why they got there. Absolutely. So injuries, um, I would say we would include, they're a pretty valid excuse, but it depends on the severity sure. and definitely seek some, seek some expertise because there may be some, some ways to work through it and still, um, still get some really good work in. Because mm-hmm. what you can do, you need to keep doing. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'll, one person that uh, I can think of that is really good at that is um, we both know her, it's Aubrey. And well, I don't know what it is, but doors and hard things are very attracted to her feet. <laughs> <laughs> she's injured her foot so many times that, uh, but she still comes and more, I mean, she's there religiously, you know? She doesn't allow that to be like, oh, I can't do leg day. I mean, she could smash her toe. She has a broken toe right now. She's still doing leg stuff, you know, and uh, I'm not saying you push through to where you rip your toe off, but I'm just saying that she, she doesn't, she doesn't allow excuses and she takes the necessary precautions to keep moving forward. If you let failure be an option, then it will soon become a reality. Correct. However, if you decide that you are going to do it, eventually you will. Yeah. Um, I got a couple other lists here that are maybe not quite as common and not quite as big obstacles, but we still need to talk about how to get through them. This won't apply to everybody, but a one I one that is a big obstacle for the people that experience it are the people who have to travel frequently for their job. And I understand that because that is very hard to still eat healthy, still get your workouts in. You can't go to the same gym every day. You can't, you know, meal prep in the same kitchen every day. You can't necessarily travel with all your meals. There's a lot of obstacles that go into people that travel a lot for work. Their schedule's constantly changing. And that's a very, very tough one to get through. But I, I, I still think there are ways to get through it. What has your advice been or your experience been with, with people who have that? That travel? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, you know, it's one of those things I, I just recently, when members travel, sometimes I've gone as much to send them a text message almost every other day when they're traveling, reminding them, hey, you've worked really hard to get where you are. Um, it's very, it's more than half the time way more than half when people go on vacations they've gained weight yeah Uh, a lot of times they can lose it very quickly and sometimes not so i try to remind them before they even leave i was like think of all the hours that you've been here with me and i've run you through some pretty difficult trainings and you've sacrificed a lot to get what you have right now so when you go on your trip, remember all the hours you've put into that body so that it, ha- it has meaning to you. Um, I'm not saying be an angel. I'm just saying be thoughtful of that, you know, so that you have yeah. some, some wherewithal to like, hey, I'm not going to drink 60 drinks while I'm here for a week. Yeah. You know, because what do you have to do? Then you have to put on all that work you put in. Now you have to put in again to get to where you already were. So I try to kind of approach it from that standpoint. Remember the sacrifice you've already made. Yeah. A lot of people will say too, they'll, they'll make the excuse that while I'm traveling, the hotel gym sucked or there was no, nowhere to (laughs) work out. So I couldn't get a workout in. And I'll agree with you. Having good equipment is huge, Mm -hmm. but in a pinch, getting it done with subpar equipment is still very possible. Yes. A lot of, you can do a lot with body weight. You know, you can do a lot with some light dumbbells and 
make sure you're taking advantage of everything you have. Be well, resourceful. Well, you know you can contract your muscles without holding a weight and burn them out. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I've done that when I've been by myself and just contracting, uh, you know, with my mind-muscle connection and contract until I can't contract anymore, you know. Um, so you can burn a muscle out just without anything. So, I mean, that's not as easy because most people don't have that mind-muscle connection. But what I'm saying is, is that you're right. Don't allow poor equipment to be your excuse. You can do all kinds of things in your, even in your hotel room. You know, there's a chair there. Do some tricep dips on the chair. <laughs> you know, um, you know, push-ups. You know, um, lun or, uh, lunges. You know, air squats. Whatever. You know, burpees. You know, something to keep it going. And you know, that I just I try to get people to to remind them is that yes, it's nice to relax and not do anything, but remember, there's a price to that. Mm -hmm. You know, if you do a little bit of something and make sure control your eating, I'm not saying don't get to enjoy some of the things you, you like, but remember if you eat something that is not super healthy, counteract it right next day. Um, just in moderation, you know, try to enjoy your week, but you, you know how painful it is when you come back and you've gone up eight pounds. It's, it's almost self-regulating. You know, if you think about that, you regulate yourself. You think, oh, when I come back, I'm eight pounds heavier. Crap. Now this is going to suck. That's something else a lot of people will say, too, about travel is, well, I'm traveling. I'm out of town. I don't have a full kitchen. I've got no choice but to eat out, eat at restaurants, eat unhealthy. Right. Sort of an ex excuse. And that's another thing about being resourceful. Most hotel rooms have a microwave or have where you have access to a microwave. I don't like microwaves by any means, but you can get some hot food. You, you can uh, get some basic things cooked, warmed up. You can go to grocery stores that are close by. I remember my brother-in-law telling stories about going out of town for work, and he would go buy one of those disposable charcoal grills, mm -hmm. uh, and he would buy some go buy like a steak from the grocery store and he'd go sit outside the hotel and he would like grill himself a steak <laughs> you know it, it can be done yeah and it can definitely be done and i and frankly i i like the challenge when i travel mm. i i enjoy the preparation there's something for me i enjoy the preparation okay i am going on a five-day vacation so i need to the week or two weeks before I go and get all the food necessary that I'm going to need. I, I just did it for last Thanksgiving, right? So I'll take that last Thanksgiving before I left. I made sure all the protein I needed was ready to go. I meal prepped for myself for those five, six days I was there every day. And I got all my protein in planning in Turkey day. Cause I knew I was going to eat a lot of Turkey. Um, and I hit my, my 200 plus protein grams every day. Right. I also made a call to the local gym. If, if there's not, well, I train at Anytime Fitness, so I can go to any Anytime Fitness anywhere. But if I go to a city that doesn't have an Anytime Fitness, then I call ahead, make the arrangements, make sure that I can pay a day pass or a week pass so I have access to a gym and I go every morning. So I make the necessary preparations that I can, st and when I'm there, I'm hanging out with family and it's 10 o'clock. I, they're still up talking. I go ahead and go to bed because I know I'm getting up at 5 AM. Right. So it's that mindset and priorities, even on vacation. You know what? I felt great and I had a great time with family. I don't feel like I lost anything. And all it took was some planning, some preparation. Yeah. There you go. And not letting it be an excuse. Exactly. Exactly. It's simple as it gets, guys. Don't let it be an excuse. That's right. Um, last one here that is a pretty legitimate excuse, too, if you're in that situation. A lot of younger people go through this, but it is, it's too expensive <laughs> to, you know, have a personal trainer or to 
buy the right food to eat healthy. And that's a very legitimate excuse. But um, there's, there's always a way to overcome it. What is your advice to people in that situation where financial finances are maybe the issue that is allowing them to not reach their goals? I'll tell you a story that we both heard um, that I think summarizes this very quickly. So this goes back to a story Ryan told me. He had a lady that went to the doctor. The doctor says, you need to do something about your health. You need to, you, you're in a, not a crisis, but you're in a serious situation where you need to get fit and lose some weight. So Ryan happened to be the one to do the consultation. And she met with him and uh, got everything worked out. And then he talked to her about the pricing. Oh, that's too expensive. Okay. And so he looks down and he sees her, um, I don't know if it's a Prada purse or something like that, something very expensive, and a you know, a Mercedes out in the parking lot. And he was bold. And he says, I think you need to re-examine your priorities. You know, and uh, that summarized everything for me is that we tend to spend things, money on things that are don't have the value of good health. Your good your health is worth I, I don't I can't even give you a price tag. It's so high. You're either gonna pay for uh, your health now or you're gonna pay for it later and a much more diminished, uh, for not as good results, right? If you're paying for your health later in life, as you didn't take care of your health earlier in life, it's not gonna be the returns you want. So remember that, that we spend a lot of money on things that has nothing to do with our health or our well-being, And that we should, if you have, when you have bills free up, Let's say, let's say right now you're, you're tight with money. And I've, I've used this with the people I train that say, oh, this is really expensive. And I'll say, okay, well, um, say that, you know, I can't afford this. And so I'll tell them as bills free up, you pay something off. Think of your health first. Think of your health first, because that is an investment that will pay dividends well into the end of your life um, because we've talked about this in previous podcasts that the healthier you are the more effective you are the more productive you are and for a longer period of time so that's the, the approach I use is that I understand but think about investing in your health as you go forward well, specifically when you think about food, I would be interested to see somebody who says it's too expensive to buy the healthy food. How much do they spend eating out? Because mm-hmm. if you eat out, what's it? I mean, for two people to go eat out, that could easily be 50 bucks. <laughs> if you save yeah. that 50 bucks and you go to the grocery store and you buy 50 bucks worth of healthy food, you can feed yourself a lot more than one meal. Right. If you just cut back on how much you eat out, you'll have plenty of money to buy the the good quality, healthy food that you need. Well, I'll, I've been meal prepping a while now. My food budget has gone down in the last five years because I do so much meal prepping and a lot less um, eating out. And when you meal prep, even the expensive foods, if you meal prep correctly, then you're, you'll end up saving money. You know, people don't realize that, oh, healthy food is so expensive. But, and I'm not talking about buying the prepackaged stuff. I'm talking about when you actually meal prep your cost per unit of a steak or a, or a chicken. Um, your investment now is in the time, not in the money it took to uh uh, remove that bridge of time, right? You know, so instead of me going to Chick-fil-A, which is already done, I invested my time and got a better quality product for less money. So again, investment in what? A healthier product 
for, for the benefits that a healthier product gives you. Absolutely. There are ways around it, guys. It, it's, uh, and it's a necessary investment. Mm -hmm. So if you think you can't afford it, look at your budget. Yeah. And start Dive deep into it. See if, see what you're spending on that isn't with a aligned with your priorities and isn't aligned with what you want. And you know, you'll, you'll, you'll find enough money to be able to, um, take care of your health the way that you should. Even on a, even on a shoestring budget, right? Let's say your things are really tight and, and I get that. I've, I've been in very tight situations, but if you start, once you get in those situations, you start removing Hulu, Netflix, start removing some of those things, you know, uh, maybe keep, instead of having 10 different streaming channels, you have one, save a hundred bucks, 150 bucks a month. Um, instead of having, you know, your, or to sell the TV or sell the TV. Yeah. <laughs> get a little more radical. Though. Yeah. Get a little more radical. I mean, I understand that some people that seems like a crime, but you know, um, there's a lot of things we can adjust. We just have to be willing to make the sacrifice and understand that, that our entertainment value is here and our health is there. Mm -hmm. And, and it's not that. So until we understand that our health is paramount and it, I just say that, uh, obviously that's under God. I don't want to, <laughs> someone to call me on that. But the point is, is that, you know, we spend a lot of money that, that on, is, has the value of here above our health. And so we need to understand our health is up here. And that's, you know, that's, that's the, the problem with a lot of people. It's just that there's such, you know, I hear it. I was like, Hey, I got to take the, there's a lot of people take some pretty expensive vacations. Mm-hmm expensive and then they complain about not having any money and i'm thinking wow you're having trouble paying that bill and you just took a two thousand dollar trip you know for a weekend and now you, you're complaining about not having any money sometimes you have to learn to make some sacrifices and it you know to make sure you know you can decompress in other ways you're going to have still have enjoyment in your hometown you can still find rest in your hometown. It doesn't always have to be in the Bahamas. So that's the other side of things is that priorities. What are we spending our money on? Make sure that we are making our health paramount in that situation. Well said. Well, you got anything else on this topic, Matt? Not, not on this topic. Um, we do have an exciting announcement to make. Um, last or two weeks ago, we had a guest on. We had Brian Keller on the podcast. Fantastic episode. If you guys mm -hmm. haven't listened yeah, to it, go, go back listen, and listen to it. To it's it. really good. Uh, but we are going to be bringing another guest onto the podcast, Matt. Yeah, Steve Sanborn. He's from Brain Health Technologies, um, and he's got he's a um, well, he's a jack of all trades, but technically he's in medical distribution, which or and even more technical. It's probably um, more in the um, uh, what do you call it? Measurement and intervention side of things. So measuring like, um, you know, brain waves, and then offering interventions like certain, you know, if you have something going on in your, like your, um, uh, what do you call it? Um, electricity in the brain. I, there's another word for it. He'll know the words. Yeah, he'll know the words. <laughs> I, he's he's going to be able to he's talk about expert. this. He's the expert on this. But the point is, is that it, he connects, you know, what's going on in our, our physiology, in our brain and the neuroscience of that to how we function our, in our whole body, how it affects our, our whole body, because everything starts here. And then he also has something mean both of both of us have used, which is the neurosuit, um, which we've both found very effective. And he distributes that. And he has some new products that he's he's distributing now. So he he'll be a fascinating uh, person to have on and listen to for the next podcast. Um, we also have a couple other guests coming on uh, t three weeks from now, or four weeks, three weeks, four weeks from now. So um, we start and fill up the plate of guests. Yep, we're trying to uh, keep you guys with lots of interesting topics and things, and bringing on some people that have some interesting perspectives that that deviate a little bit from uh, just me and Matt's opinions. You guys have had ten episodes now of 
of our opinions. So we're going to try to get you guys some some real good information, real good knowledge, and help you guys continue to learn about how to optimize your health and fitness. Well, got anything else to add, Matt? No, everyone have a great week, and we'll see you next week. All right, see you guys. Hey, look at you. You've completed another milestone by finishing this episode of Loading the Bar. Your future self thanks you profusely. Loading the Bar is podcasted from Kansas City, Missouri. Email us at cpt.kansascity at gmail.com. Forge ahead and share your progress. And we'll see you back here for another episode of Loading the Bar. <laughs>